from the 915 to H-Town, from the Panhandle Plains to the Valley, and everywhere in between. This is the 5050 Podcast, powered by College Promoters USA. Join me, Hector Cano, as we cover the Texas high school club and college soccer landscape, along with an inside look at the college soccer recruiting scene. The 5050 Podcast is a platform about the people and for the people who are dedicated to the beautiful game. College Promoters College Promoters USA, founded and located in San Antonio, operates as the only family-owned college recruiting company in Texas that brings a truly professional, local, and face-to-face approach to area high school student-athletes and their families. If your son or daughter is serious about college athletics, call them at 210-494-6363 or visit collegepromotersusa.com anytime. College Promoters USA, the best investment a parent can make in their high school student-athletes. Here we go. It's another edition of the 5050 Podcast, powered by our, our proud partners, College Promoters USA. College Promoters USA, they are America's premier college prep program and high school student athlete marketing service since 1997. For those of you located in the local San Antonio area, you can find them in the Ventura Plaza, Ventura Plaza Shopping Center. You can also find them on social, on Twitter, at SATX Recruiting as well as on Instagram at College Promoters USA, as well as on their website at collegepromotersusa.com. My next guest, he is uh, an individual I've had the uh, chance to recently meet. We've been had a good number of good uh, conversations as of late. Glad to finally have him on. I know he's getting ready. I think his club has something big going on this this uh, in the next coming days, maybe. Right? He <laughs> he is the professor. All right, Coach Leland Hammonds. He is the technical director for the San Antonio Athenian Soccer Club. Coach, how are you? Welcome. It's great to be on the show, Coach Hector. How's it going? It's going great. Great, glad to have you on. Uh, not uh, not used to having somebody that kind of shows me up with a beard a little bit, but I'll see. It's uh, still a pleasure to have you here, though. Right? It's taken on a life of its own. Uh, the one uh, <laughs> exciting part that uh, this weekend the season ends, and I'm gonna get a shave. Let's go! All right, awesome. So full. Full, is it just a trim or a full? You're cutting it all off, or what's? Oh, I, I'm telling you, the uh, it's uh, it's got to go. It's all, all got to go. It's all got to go. It's too hot out there in San Antonio. <laughs> yeah, you ain't lying. You ain't lying. Record record heat wave, right? So, awesome. So, coach, well, so first of all, welcome again. As we said, uh, obviously, you got big things coming in in the next couple of days. We'll get to that in a little bit. But for those of you, or for those who may not know, I should say. Uh, Maybe they've heard of the San Antonio Athenians, right? One of, the, obviously, the original, you know, semi-pro team here in the greater San Antonio area. But tell us a little bit, just briefly, just briefly a background on the club as well as the league that they play in, which is uh, the United Women's Soccer League. Sure. So, uh, the you know, the Athenians and really the this year has been a pretty awesome year. You know, we are in the UWS. We've been around since 2016. Uh, under new ownership uh, beginning last year over at Soccer Central and uh, with the new owners, uh, you know, there's just kind of been it's a lot of new 
priorities, uh, things that we want to get accomplished. And so, you know, it's got a great history and now we're trying to build on that history, uh, just really trying to grow the game, trying to grow uh, the summer, summer seasons, the summer leagues, uh, right. give opportunities right. not only to the collegiate athletes, which that's, you know, really where it's mainly marketed towards these leagues are specific for those uh, for those athletes to continue to stay in shape, hopefully to, to get informed, to you know, learn some more, uh, learn some new techniques, new positions, perhaps like there's lots of reasons why college athletes and uh, collegiate athletes would want to do it. But honestly, we have some veterans and some post-college athletes as well. Uh, sometimes they're between seasons. We've got a player on our squad that uh, finished a season in Albania uh, in April and then came down and wanted just to stay in shape and be ready for the next fall season coming up. And so we have things like that. And then, you know, as they brought me in, one of my priorities was starting to uh, build a pipeline and a pathway for uh, the youth of South, South Texas, really not just San Antonio. Right. but any of these surrounding areas to begin to give them the coaching, the resources, the things that maybe they're not able to get kind of around the clock or around the year and give them the opportunities to kind of be mentored and to train in an absolutely different environment, no matter if you're ECNL or your GA or how elite you are, uh, you know, you don't get to practice and work against athletes of this caliber, this talent, this speed, the soccer IQ is absolutely outrageous. And so really one session, one session, with one of my high schoolers that gets to jump in to a session with the Athenians is probably, in my opinion, worth the years worth the training itself. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, very good point. And we'll uh, obviously we'll get to that a little bit later as sure. well. But that's a great point. Um, so the league, obviously, in terms of the layout, the format, what that looks like making it to so obviously we go back, we go back to last season in which sure. you qualified qualified for the national champ the national tournament and now you're headed back so back to back nationals uh national tournaments for your national championship uh and at uh, national championship trips i should say uh south south conference champions this season again congratulations um tell us what has that in terms of the league, the layout, the season this year, what is the season? Because it's a lot of matches crammed in a very right. in a not so long season, right over the summer. Uh, what has the season been like so far? Sure. So just for for your listeners, you know, this is considered semi-pro soccer or pro-am is the way that we would call it. And so college athletes can uh, can participate without losing their eligibility. And there's a lot of tiers to that. So everybody kind of knows the NWSL, which is like the top tier. Well, the rest of the tiers in women's soccer right now in the United States is going to be these semi-pro formats. And so there's the WPSL, uh, there's the USL women's that just started this year. And, uh, and then there's the UWS. You know, we're, we're in the UWS because we believe it's the strongest competition competition and the, and the most well-run uh, organization of the three. Uh, some other people could uh, dispute that and that's fine. But really from a standpoint of organization, from a standpoint of exposure, from a standpoint of the competition, the level of competition, then that's the, this is the league that we want to be in. You know, uh, things can always change, you know, year to year uh, teams move around. Uh, there's going to be uh, in U.S. soccer. There's actually a few more a uh, few more uh, tiers that are going to be forming over the next year or two. And, uh, you know, we're, we're us at Athenians. We're actually looking at becoming fully professional at some point. You know, that's a little bit beyond uh, probably the scope of this podcast, but it is something that is in our in our future, right? The sustainability of Athenians, the sustainability of uh, you know professional soccer here in San Antonio, especially on the women's side. That's something that we are looking towards, and it's something that's kind of growing alongside of us. So the timing is really really good. Uh, what I can say is, you know, what what Athenians has done is they've built 
a platform of resources that are really, really strong. I mean, it's it's pretty much the envy of the entire league, uh, both in you know all of North America because we do have Canadian teams as well, right. and uh, we have a residential program where players from all over the world uh, can come and they stay with us, and we we feed them and we house them and they train with us, and uh, nice. you know they, it's a it's a really awesome. cool program. And, and honestly, although coaches hate it when uh, when I when I bring this up. Uh, you know, I, I'm a player advocate. Players win games. Right. And, you know, the coaches can look great when they have great players and coaches can look really, really bad when they don't. And uh, we've been blessed these two years and really what's kind of kind of taken off. And the reason why Athenians is now on this national scene and is this kind of household name uh, in amongst UWS, but even in these semi-pro circles is the caliber of players that we're bringing in. We do have great coaches. We do have great resources. There's lots of good things that are going on but it's the players themselves. We have a partnership with Vancouver Whitecaps. And so we get, we get a chance and opportunity to, uh, to have some of their girls come out. And again, that's kind of the de facto uh, national. And if anyone watched the game last night, Canada versus the United States, you know, right. the Canada national team, the Canadian women's national team is a really, really strong team as well. And so uh, that Vancouver Whitecaps is where they train. And so a lot of their division one athletes and uh, ones that aren't going to come back to Canada over the summer, they have the opportunity to possibly come and play with us. Uh, we built partnerships with a lot of our local uh, universities as well. So we have a lot of different ways to really get top level players. I mean, this season we have, you know, we have players from Australia, we have players from the UK, we have players from Germany, you know, we have players from kind of all over, but then we also have a lot of homegrown San Antonio based South Texas talent that we're wanting to showcase as well. So it's a really, really good blend. And, and, you know, I, I kind of, you know, I was brought on for a different role and then kind of grew into this technical director role. But as we, uh, as we negotiated and we talked, you know, the, the coaches worry about the season, the coaches worry about winning the games and getting back to national, uh, the national tournament and winning national championships. I worry about both sides of things when it comes to the youth side. And then also we want, our girls, our collegiate girls and our post-college girls to play professionally. Uh, we're going to make some announcements after the season and after we've had this big tournament that's coming up and uh, we're going to have at least three, four, maybe even five of our girls are going to sign uh, professional contracts and play in Europe uh, in the fall. And we're really excited about that. And so that takes a lot of time and effort. You know, everyone sees the season, they see us really kick up in May and, you know, like right. you mentioned, we're cramming lots of games and we have lots of things going on in the summer, but this is a year round thing to, to have the, mm-hmm. the youth play platform that we have and then to also build a lot of these pathways to go play professional that's going on uh, you know around the clock so it's pretty cool so i'm really proud of the product not just on the field and again that's a credit to the players we have a lot of fantastic solid players and you know credit to incarnate word and credit to a lot of these colleges that are just developing these athletes and then they come here and we want to take them one more notch up yeah, and, and you kind of hit on that. Obviously, a big a big percentage is their local products, right? They're homegrown. They're from this area, and one of the big things that's that's really stood out about you know your your club, the San Antonio Athenians, has also been is the community engagement level, right? Is uh, going back to obviously there was there was a rest period there for a little bit, and then came back, but just the level in which you've you've engaged uh, the community. Um, so obviously back to back national, you know, making back to back national tournament, t- uh, trips, national, uh, another trip to national championship, uh, this coming week. Um, obviously that's no small feat, right. To do it once, let alone do it back to back in back to back years. But you hit on a piece there where y- everyone seems to kind of notice it's like, Oh, Hey, when are they playing again? It usually picks up in May. Right. And it runs through July, but those other, you know, eight, nine months out of the year, 
you know, right. Kind of help us look behind the scenes. What is going on during, obviously there's a lot and you alluded to some of it there, but, but what does that timeline look like, um, in those other eight, nine months before, again, before you get running next, we'll say next May. Sure. So the, there is a lot of turnover when it comes to the roster from the standpoint of, you know, some of the college athletes need a break, right? Some of them, you know, move on, maybe they go into the transfer portal and now they're not local anymore. You know, others get the opportunity to play uh, professionally. And so there's going to be a big roster turnover year to year, which makes the continuity and the consistency of the challenge, right? So where, you know, Coach G talked about this on your last podcast and it was a great podcast. And he talked about, well, consistency starts with the fact that I'm here and that we have these, uh, these programs and we have these principles. And so, you know, we're developing those principles. And as soon as the season ends and the girls go back to their college campuses or they go back to their high schools or their clubs and things like that, we begin the next process of, you know, roster construction. You know, I think we had our first commit last August, you know, and that's when we had Emma Bates, the uh, the Aussie who came in, our holding midfielder who had such a great season with us this year. Well, that work began last August. And so that's one of the kind of aspects of it is we already start beginning to put the roster together. We have a lot of girls that reach out from all over the country, really all over the world. Uh, it's not just with our partnerships, but they can just reach out. They can reach out to me. They can get on our website. They can contact us and ask about possibly joining the team. And we have this whole process and, and they can come out for a trial and they send their highlight reel. And there's lots of things that go into it. But we start building that roster in, in August because we want to be the best. We want to challenge for conference championships. We want to challenge for regional championships. And we want to win the national championship. And so a lot of that goes into just roster construction. I know we're going to talk about the Youth Athenians next program in a little while, but that program gets started late July and we get those things rolling as well. And then it's it's all about clinics. You know, we had a winter clinic schedule, but the uh, crazy San Antonio weather got it canceled in December uh, with too many yeah. thunderstorms in the area. But we have this winter clinic that goes on. Then we have an ID camp. And again, that's open to everybody as well. And then the tryouts is invite only. Uh, and, uh, you know, we keep these costs down as well. I really wanted to, to piggyback off what Coach G had said last time. You know, as long as I'm here, you know, I don't want anyone priced out of anything that we do. Yeah. And it's a credit to soccer Central. It's a credit to San Antonio Athenians. You know, not only do we not charge for the home games, none of these things, whether it be the winter clinic, whether it be the ID camp or even the tryouts, these were all free, uh, you know, for these players. And so we're really trying to be as inclusive as possible. Again, I'm a big advocate of uh, equality for women. And there's a lot of things that we could probably chase down on that as well. But we want the women to have, you know, guys have resources all the time. And it's really hard to uh, find an area where the the guy side isn't taken care of with the best fields and the best resources and the best coaches and things. But what we like is we're a women's only team here. And so in San Antonio, you know, you can come out there and anyone can come out. Anyone can come out and train. Uh, this year, we're actually trying to add a piece to it where, you know, it's going to be if you want one on one or small group training what I would call the Athenians way, then uh, you're going to be able to do that as well. So, you know, Athenians next will be a little bit more selective and you'll have to make that process. And these will be for, uh, for elite players, but really we're going to have an opportunity, hopefully. And again, this is in the the planning stages right now, but if you want to come out and train, and again, if you want to come get to know the girls, you know, the girls come out our post-college girls or even our uh, collegiate girls, they don't train with us, but they can come out in the winter. Uh, They come out and do community service things with us as well. And, uh, you know, I should give a shout out to our social media guy, Ryan, 
Ryan. He is absolutely fantastic. The exposure that he gives for, for our girls and the way that he gets the community involved is really, really awesome as well. It's a real family feel to it and uh, it's really inclusive. And so, you know, we always invite everybody to come along on this journey with us. So we're really proud to represent San Antonio. You know, I always say, and people get a little irritated with me, but, you know, in soccer all the way through club, through high school and everything else, you know, Dallas is way up there. Austin is way up there and credit to those programs and everything. But when you talk about the best of the best in semi-pro, San Antonio is where it's at. And every year we are planning to have South Texas be the representative that goes to try to win the national championship, just like we're going to try this weekend. Awesome. Well said. So this coming week, right? So let's talk a little bit about your opponent. You have the uh, Chicago Mustangs coming up in the national semifinal, correct? Yes. Um, So you're prepping for them. Obviously, you're at it. You're training. What? Give us kind of a, a peek behind the curtain here, Coach. What is what is the rest of the week? What does the week ahead look like? Kind of day by day timeline in terms of what you can share. What does it look like for the for the squad? Sure. Well, well, first thing, you know, kind of going back to the beginning in January, we have our our uh, AGM where we all kind of hear, OK, what's what's the season going to look like this year? What are the dates and things like that? And as soon as we leave, I went to Kansas City and was there. And a lot of information came out in those meetings that we started making some adjustments based on what we we're doing. And there was some NCAA legislation where in summer two now, uh, by July 5th, collegiate athletes could be asked to come back to their campus. And it's eight hours of training, uh, player led training. And so this is the first year this has ever happen. So, so many of the times in years past, you've had been able to have these collegiate athletes for as long as your season runs because they can't be back till fall season starts. Well, now we kind of got ahead of the game and started talking to these coaches, started talking to these campuses and these programs and saying, Hey, if we, if we advance where we think we're going to advance and where our goals are, you know, we want these girls to be available to play, but let's, this is a, this is a partnership, right? This is a, you know, that we can have some compromise and things. And, and with most of our college athletes, the compromise was, you know, they'll, they'll play with us till July 5th or they'll play through July 3rd, which was our next to last league game. They'll return back to campus to begin those eight hours of training per week, player led things, as long as they'd be able to uh, join us for the playoffs. And so we're really excited to have every one of our collegiate athletes is going to get to participate in the national championship. And, and across the country, that's not the case. So like across the country, a lot of the girls were asked to come back and weren't able to continue to play. Uh, you know, our possible opponent uh, in the regional was going to be Atlanta and their roster was kind of decimated by uh, the, the collegiate athletes going back and they did not have an agreement with those colleges to continue to allow the girls to play. And so, you know, I'm, I'm kind of proud from a uh, pencil pusher nerd perspective. I'm very excited that we were ahead of the game. And by doing the kind of effort, you know, putting that effort in, we're able to have all of our athletes to be able to train. So we're really excited. So the training's a little interesting because again, we have probably six or seven of our collegiate athletes that are at their own campuses. So they're going to be doing their own training. The girls that are here are our local college athletes, our high schoolers, and our post-college athletes. So still quite a bit of the team, but it's not everyone. So it's a challenge. But the neat thing is, you know, in the San Antonio community, when we've what I've tried to do is try to make this really inclusive, right? You know, in our in our youth program, we want all clubs represented, ECNL, GA, Frontier, now Elite 64, like all these kind of club buzzwords. We want all of them coming out, right? We don't, we're not looking for one or two in particular. We want it to be everyone. It's the same thing with our post-college athletes. And really our veterans, whether they 
they came back and played with us again this year, whether they played in 2016 or 2017, like we stay in contact with them and we provide them. And, uh, you know, we've got buds out there too. You know, my friend Kerwin, it was uh, on the podcast a few months back over at Texas Lutheran and everything. And, and, you know, we have all these friends of the program and we have people who are able to kind of support and help, uh, you know, along the way. And so I can lean on Kerwin for some advice, right. And I can lean on this particular person. Hey, what's the best way to go about it? You know, having been there last year, been there, done that, uh, you know, we're able to kind of adjust as well. But the neat thing is, you know, we had players out at our session last night, uh, a lot of high school players that even if they couldn't have participated with us in the summer season, they're able to now come out and give us more people to play against. And so right. now, you know, we're, we're actually really are prepping for Chicago. Chicago's uh, leading goal scorer is uh, Argentinian international. So she plays for Argentina's national team, uh, scored 12 goals, 10 assists in uh, 10 games you know, over, uh, you know, two point whatever uh, goals and assists per game in the league and everything. So she's pretty tough. Uh, you know, we're, we're specifically playing, you know, training for them. Now we gave the girls today off. Uh, we're actually going to train tomorrow and Thursday before our flight out on Friday. And so we're, you know, we're prepping, you know, the girls receive uh, PDFs and they receive videos and things. Uh, you know, the, the stream of, uh, of Chicago's last game is on 11 sports. And so all the girls are kind of doing their homework and watching that match in particular and everything. We love the matchup. We really think it's a, it's, a toss up. They're a really strong team as well. But, you know, what we like is, you know, in their conference, you can argue that a few of their teams, especially the lower teams in their conference, aren't as strong as the depth in our Southwest conference. So we really feel like we're a little bit more battle tested both last year and this year. And so I think that gives us a little bit of an advantage as well. And although, you know, we had a lot of injuries throughout the season, the, the, the roster was so deep combined with our collegiate athletes and our next players that we were able to, you know, pretty much go along without missing a beat. And now we happen to be healthy, right? This is the healthiest we've been the entire year is perfect timing for this right now. So, you know, we go out there, I mean, these, these are the best of the best. You know, Chicago has a lot of players from uh, NC State. They just have a ton of collegiate athletes, ton of really, you know, players with just great pedigree. And so we mm-hmm. know it's going to be a challenge. And a lot of times these games, you know, depend on one call, you know, one, you know, hits a crossbar and doesn't go in, right? Or, you know, any of these things. And so we just know we, we've put ourselves in the best position possible. We train really really hard. And, uh, you know, really, I think that the time that we've spent really building the chemistry with the girls, the camaraderie with the girls, we really believe that those kinds of things are the things that could give us the edge when we play this weekend. Yeah. Great. Yep. Great. So, so obviously, so you'll leave Friday and it's, so you're going to have a full roster and that'll be taking place first again, Chicago Mustangs Saturday, July 23rd at the Lusitano stadium there in uh, Ludlow, Massachusetts, what um so your roster what what do they put any sort of different limitations or caps on you all as far as roster size for the national championships not really you know uh, there is a roster freeze and so you can't pick up anyone now i believe july 5th was the roster freeze so anyone that we had already rostered throughout the year uh is eligible to play of course you know based on health and a lot of things but you have to understand we have financial considerations as well we'd love to uh fly 35 40 players out there and have a just crazy amount of selection of players to choose from but obviously uh that's not something that we can do but we are actually going to bring uh, more than 18 and so uh, for game based selection, you know, we can make some adjustments and, you know, really it's a quick turnaround. You know, we get the second semifinal game, which may be a little bit of a disadvantage. I'm not too worried about it. I let the other worry words worry about that kind of stuff and everything. But we do play at 6 p.m. our time, 7 p.m. So we're the second game. So when that game ends, you know, we turn around and play at 2 p.m. the next day. So, again, the depth of the roster is going to be really important. And if the girls yeah. come back and they're sore, I mean, I'm I'm a player advocate. If you ask anybody, uh, you know, if our girls are banged up, if they're 
hurt, if they've got some pain and things like that, they're not going to play. You know, we have bigger fish to fry. They have their their fall seasons coming up. They have uh, pro prospects coming up. And so we're not going to ask a player uh, who's injured or who has a who, who's sore, who just, you know, just can't make it. You know, this isn't the end all be all. This isn't a uh, remember the Titans situation. This isn't Friday Night Lights. It's not a uh, it's not a movie. Uh, you know, this is you know, we, we're here for the long haul. We're here for the long haul for Athenians, but we're here for the long haul for the girls themselves as well. So yeah. we'll be bringing a few extra girls as well. Uh, you know, if anyone, uh, you know, picks up a knock or anything and can't play in the national championship game, if we're fortunate enough to make it there, then uh, we'll have somebody else to uh, to jump in as well. So, yeah, we get there Friday. Uh, they're going to have a, a really cool dinner for the final four teams. So the girls are going to get to uh, kind of participate in a ceremony and, and uh, Saturday we're going to get to have a walkthrough uh, a little bit of a training session. If I know, if I know my coaches and I know myself, it's going to be a little bit more than a walkthrough. We're going to get after it. We're going to work up a sweat. We're going to make sure these girls uh, know the numbers of every player they'll be marking and everything that those teams want to do. Right. And so yeah. we're going to put our best foot forward. We're going to actually, we'll be there and we'll watch, uh, we'll watch the first semifinal. We're excited to watch, uh, you know, Calgary and Buffalo play uh, two really, really awesome teams. Uh, so we're interested in watching that game. I'm an analytics guy from back in the day. So, of course, I'm going to be uh, I'll have my little heat map. I'll have my dorky little uh, notepad and I'm going to be writing all kinds of things down. So, uh, you know, if we're fortunate enough to uh, play, whichever one uh, comes out successful there, you know, we'll already be prepared for that. But mm -hmm. it'll be a late night Saturday night. And then, you know, a quick turnaround on Sunday. Uh, you know, we'll have our, our, uh, our athletic trainers coming on the trip with us and she's going to get us ready. Michelle is incredible. She's from UT Health Science and and really just everything that the Athenians do is uh is done first class is done professionally and so you know we're going to have the girls really ready uh you know if we're fortunate if we don't it, you know if we if it doesn't go our way we're going to stay uh sunday we're going to watch a national championship game we'll receive our uh, you know national medals for making the final four uh we're going to participate we want to support those the, the other team the other players the other teams and uh you know it's a really big community here in the uws and uh, you know the girls are really good about that and so you know we'll be there and, and you know for the most part everyone will fly back monday uh, a lot of people going back to their other campuses and everybody coming back to the best city in the world san antonio texas baby <laughs> yeah so and regardless obviously the goal is to uh, be playing on sunday right be playing in the right. final game and win the final game of the season obviously but no matter what, just the experience in itself that it will be for uh, for your players, especially particularly for your younger players. Right. Uh, yeah. There's you can't put a price on that. Uh, no doubt. Um, so obviously, because of the nature of it being a we talk about a semi pro pro league, a pro, you know, professional amateur league and the comp just the complexities of that. Right. Is former college players, current college players and right. even some still in high school. Um, Talk, you know, before obviously you're the Athenians next program, kind of what what should people think when they hear that? Tell us a little bit about that. How does it how does it work? Who can participate? Okay. Well, uh, you know, I'll start at the beginning. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm actually, I'm trying to be super positive today. I'm a contrarian at heart, right? I'm a highly critical person. My, uh, you know, my background is in coaching, you know, the, the people that, that influenced my life the most were coaches. Uh, you know, they, they, they changed my life. Right. And when I went to UTSA and I got in the kinesiology program, I again, got some great mentors, uh, you know, just throughout my, throughout my high school and college days, you know, and I love coaching and I love these things, but, you know, just my passion, 
path and the coaches and the professors and the mentors that I have, you know, they, they really trained me a particular way. They trained me, you know, to be disciplined, to stand for certain principles, to have these values and morals. And, uh, you know, and they taught me to really, you know, to be humble, which is not something that you see a lot in the soccer, uh, soccer community and among soccer coaches, I have to admit, but to be humble and to learn from everybody. And, you know, and, and really, you know, I, I don't even consider myself a, uh, a soccer coach right now. I consider myself a, uh, a girl dad as well. My daughter's a high school player. And, uh, you know, I empathize with the parents, the plight of the parents when there's just all these options and all these things that go on and all these alphabet soups of, of leagues and club soccer and things are just so confusing and can just be so overwhelming and everything. And so, you know, I looked at it and, you know, and we started looking at the programs and, you know, again, I, I coached my daughter for a long time. Uh, you know, we can go into the, this in a little bit later if you want to chase down this little bunny trail. But, you know, I chose not to have her continue to play club unless I was the coach. Uh, you know, I, I looked at it and and seeing the way that the kind of club landscape goes and the way that the training is and things just wasn't something that I wanted uh, what didn't want to uh, be a path that my daughter kind of followed down. And so as I started looking at it and I started looking at DCNL and GA and started looking at, okay, what are these clubs offering? What are the girls getting? And then what is missing? It's, it's just the way that I've been trained since I was really, really young. You know, when I was in, in high school and college, you know, when I was, when I was learning nutrition, when I was learning uh, strength and conditioning and things, I was trained to go watch a exercise program and to be highly critical to say, why did you select that exercise instead of this exercise? Why did you rest this amount of time instead of that amount of time to ask a ton of questions? And I'm really grateful to my mentors and to my coaches and things who did that for me, because it's the thing that's gotten me where I am today. And so, uh, you know, I looked at it and really in club soccer in particular in San Antonio, uh, you know, it's a very team, it's a very team focused. And so, you know, we looked at it, and we said, okay, well, when do they practice? Well, they practice mainly Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. Okay. Well, what do they do in those practices? Well, it's mainly big groups, right? It's mainly one coach with a really big, you know, 16, 18, 20, 22 girls on a half a field with not a lot of resources. And what are the things they're able to do, right? Lots of times they only have 75 minutes or 90 minutes in a session. And so what do these sessions look like? And so I've watched so many sessions over the last 10 years. Uh, and every year I continue to do it. I show up at these sessions and I watch and I, and I stay highly critical of it. And I just look and I say, okay, from a parent's perspective and from a player's perspective, from an individual development perspective, what can we do to assist these players? What can we do to come alongside them and speed this development up? Right. You know, when you look at it, yes. So there are teams that are performing well, there are teams in general that are doing well, but is the individual getting enough uh, enough attention as well? And in my opinion, it wasn't that way. And so uh, when I went to Soccer Central, Soccer Central had asked uh, Ella to participate with the Athenians the year before, and so I got to know them. and And over over one summer, you know, I talked with uh, with their admin, and I just said, you know, this is a program that we really need to offer for everyone, right? You know, in in club soccer, everybody kind of fights for the same strong players, right? And again, I'm going to talk, you know, specifically anecdotally uh, on the girls side, but they all train and they want all the strongest players. Right. And so those players kind of get pulled apart. And what happens is San Antonio is not able to put their best foot forward when it comes to performance, when it comes to results, when they compete at the national level. And so I wanted to have a situation where 
anyone from any club was welcome. And, you know, part of that became, you know, we really couldn't have our own Athenians Academy. We couldn't have our own Athenians teams playing, youth teams playing, because everyone's really worried about, oh, you know, I don't want to allow my girl to go play for this particular club or at this particular facility because they might be trying to, you know, poach my players, steal my players, things like that. And so we had to set it up in such a way that, okay, we, we don't have teams. We're not going to have this Athenians Academy team, but we're here to train the Athenians way. And anybody can come out. And, you know, when we looked at it, you know, one of the other big issues that I have, and I've got quite a few, but one of the big issues I have is on the girls side, you know, girls are really, you know, they're, they're supposed to be kind of a, a Swiss army knife of good at everything, but not great at a particular thing. Uh, you know, they're not trained in one particular position. They're just asked to play in a lot of different positions. And, you know, they could show up one day and they're a left wing. The next day they could be the holding midfielder. Uh, you know, some would argue that that's a really good thing. I don't argue that. I actually think it's a really negative thing. Uh, but so what we do is we just look at it and say, you know, there's not a lot of technical going on. And again, this isn't to be critical. This is just the way that the beast works and the way that the machine works. And so we said, can we set up a, a situation? And, you know, what we decided on was twice a week, 90 minutes where, you know, speed and agility or what a lot of people call SAQ, which is, you know, speed, agility, quickness, you know, is focused on early and it's focused on like intentionally, right? This isn't just a warm up. This isn't the FIFA 11. This isn't anything that we just kind of go half-heartedly through. We're actually training change of direction. We're actually training acceleration. We're teaching these girls to be athletes. So many of the times, if you watch these girls, they're great specific soccer players, but not necessarily great athletes. You know, if you ask them to play basketball, fast pitch softball, or do anything other than basically track or cross country, they a lot of times struggle because they just haven't learned the athleticism. And, and that's a self-fulfilling prophecy where these girls get injured and they have these overuse injuries, or they have these mental health issues, or they have these burnout problems. And a lot of things happen because of the way the situation is set up. And so we said, how can we help? How can I be a contrarian and look at it and say, how can I provide as many things things in 90 minutes that they're not getting at their club. And so, you know, the first part of it was sport performance. And so the first 30 to 45 minutes of our session is sport performance. And then the last 45 minutes, 30 minutes, 45 minutes or an hour is teaching technique. It's technical training and it's position specific training. And so if you come to an Athenians next program, the strikers work with the strikers, the wingers work with the wingers, the midfielders work with the midfielders. We don't have a ton of defenders. Uh, You know, I have to kind of, you know, work with uh, how many coaches I have have and the facilities and things that I have. And, you know, I just said, I don't think it's a great idea to have only one coach, a model with one coach with 18, 20, 22 players. Well, for me, we're going to have one coach for every six, eight or 10 players. And each coach will train or work with a particular group of players. And somebody might say, you know, I'm a center back because I'm tall and I'm fast and I'm athletic and I stick my head in there where not very many people are courageous enough to do it. And I clatter into everyone and I'm brave, but I want to be a midfielder. I want to be a striker. Again, I don't care where you play right now currently at your club because next year it could change. If your coach changes, your position's probably changing. If you switch clubs, your position's probably changing. Eventually when you go play college, they don't care where you played as a as a uh, club person. You know, that, that might be an interesting information, but that coach is going to put you where they feel you're best suited to succeed. And so, you know, they come out 
And if you tell me you're a uh, you're a winger, you're going to come train with the wingers. And so this is something that's absolutely unique in the San Antonio, South Texas area. But I don't know of any in any in the country, which is this specific and this intentional when it comes to individual position specific technical training. Right. We want to have that conditioning. We want to be able to teach the girls. We're teaching them nutrition as well. I'm a nutrition certified coach. Uh, you know, so we talk to them about that. Uh, we talk to them about recovery, like everything that a club doesn't have the time or the uh, resources to do, we want to do that for them, right? They, you know, they're going to get plenty of scrimmaging. They're going to get plenty of opposed work. So we don't really do much scrimmaging. We don't really do any opposed work. You know, the, mm -hmm. the next girls were able to uh, play a scrimmage against uh, Shriner University and did really well. But the thing I tried to convince everybody of or tell everybody, we've never had a team session, you know, and I've tried to convince people of that, talking to parents and everything. They go, oh, but we need to have, you know, team practice and we need to have this. And, you know, when the girls learn their position and when their soccer IQ gets better and they learn technique and they understand some of these higher level things, they can just jump onto any team and succeed. They can jump into any situation and play well. They're very coachable. We're looking for specific players. So, you know, we, we were up to about 24. I didn't even want to go that high because I wanted to keep our numbers down, but we had some really, really elite. Uh, it was for 2005 through 2007. Uh, this year, it's going to, we're going to open up to 2008 as well. So basically anyone in high school from freshmen through, uh, through seniors. I mean, I, I think we probably had 150, 200 come out. We, did, we didn't promote it, which was the amazing thing. Uh, Soccer Central and Athenians asked me, hey, let's start recruiting and, you know, let's start marketing and everything. And I said, absolutely not. We're going to start with a few people that we know. We're going to, you know, we're going to make this kind of beta test it right here. And if it, if it succeeds, if it's, if it does what I believe that it'll do, it'll catch on like wildfire. And, you know, I get contacted almost every day about it and we've never marketed it. It's never been on social media. It's right. never been anything. Right. So when you ask that question, I like it because most people ask, what is Athenians next? I've heard people ask about it. And, right. and I think the, the, the beauty of it is it's not concrete predetermined curriculum. Like I, this year I didn't, I, I wasn't a club coach for the first time in a long time. And let me just tell you, it was magnificent. It was fantastic. It's uh, my blood pressure is down. My frustration level, my road rage is down. All of the other things that happen kind of uh, uh, alongside of it is down. I've been having an incredible time, but what I did was I was, I probably watched a couple hundred club and high school soccer games pray for me and i was out there like watching and i'm seeing and i'm saying okay well what are these wingers doing you know at these ecnl games what skills do the wingers need that they don't have right now you know what things are they being asked to do that in practice they're not even rehearsing let alone understanding and we say you know right. what you know early crosses early low crosses bent in behind the back line and i see it over and over again i watch six seven eight games over the weekend well guess what on monday after sport performance if it's me that's working with the the uh, midfielders in particular, that's what we're going to work on. It is so specific in real time to what the challenges are that they have as they go in there. And so I'm really proud of that because it'd be one thing to have a already self-built curriculum and to just have it plug and play. And then you kind of just show up and run them through. Okay, we're running through A, we're running through B, we're running through C. We've got a curriculum and everything, but this changes every single week. And if the girls need to work on finishing, we're going to work on finishing. And, and uh, you know, I don't know how much you work. You watch a lot of the girls games as well. But but, you know, if you go to a high school game, a high school girls game here in South Texas, if you go to an ECNL or GA game, there's just so many skill sets that the girls still need that they don't have right now. And, you know, they're not just going to learn it by osmosis. It's not just going to happen. I mean, when's the last time you saw a girl chip chip somebody? Well, I saw a, a girl chip a keeper in an indoor game and it was an Athenian's next girl. Well, why did she chip that keeper? Well, it's because we practice it. Now she's talented. She's elite. She's a great player. 
take nothing away from it, but we at least brought this thing up and said, hey, here's something that you can do in this specific situation and coach it and teach it in a way that they're now confident and brave to do it. And, you know, really the the landscape of women's soccer, I, I don't like how coaches coach women's soccer right now, uh, you know, and again, to be as positive as I can be, you know, the girls should be encouraged to be brave, to be encouraged to have swag, to get out and, you know, make runs. When's the last time you saw a midfielder run beyond the forwards? I'd never, like in the last four or five years of watching an endless amount of girls soccer games in the high school and the club level. I never see a midfielder. Why? Because you get yelled at. If you make a run beyond the forwards one, that's not your position. Well, of course that's your position. You should be making these runs. Those are the ones that are hard to mark. And so I if- think, uh, I, th- I think you're going to have to make your way out to go watch some matches out at uh, St. Mary's hall this winter. Coach. Listen, I uh, love it. If, if you're, if you're, if you're sitting on our sideline, you're, my midfielders, my wingers are getting yelled at for the opposite reason. Love if it. They, if they don't. So, yeah. This is <laughs> so, yeah, no. But, the exception but, but to the rule, my man. I love no, it. You're, no, I mean, you're just speaking the truth, though. I know exactly where you're coming from. But it's something that has to be um, – you cannot coach a player until they have been taught – Right. Yes. And that's and that's that aspect that we're talking about. Yeah. So, such and, a great and, point. And the mindset, just think about the mindset, right? Like they have to be willing to be brave, right? They have to be willing. We have to encourage these things. What gets the loudest cheer? A slide tackle or a hard shoulder to shoulder? Well, these girls aren't Titans. This and they're not Rock'em Sock'em robots. I don't want girls soccer to be just demolition derby. And that's what most people want. Uh, my daughter had a really uh, a really fire uh, trace highlight reel a year or two ago. Listen, I'm not techie, so I don't really even know how to do all of this stuff, but I had people people helping me and they posted it on the trace uh, website and like i guess it went viral i don't know how or whatever but it had like sixty thousand views right and the ella's nice. highlights are all the highlights that i like right nutmegs swag moves just getting after it you know just doing things that yeah. you're just like wow i haven't seen somebody do that before well then i forwarded it to some some college some college scouts and some recruiting people and just a lot of other people and to a person everyone goes yeah but can she go shoulder to shoulder you know, you know, is she yeah. physical? Is she? And I'm like, goodness me, like we're trying to fight against this. I'm right, not in the car right, saying right. slam 10 more girls, you know, <laughs> and again, and this is why, you know, my parents learned this right away, you know, especially when I'm a, when I'm a team, when I'm a uh, team coach and they know the things I want to cheer for and everything. And yeah, is there a right. time to be physical for sure? Is there a time to shield? Of course, is there a time to be careful with the ball and possess? Absolutely. There is, but we really have to change the negativity in the women's game, right? When it comes to coaching and always just being down on taking chances, taking risks. And, you know, what I'm really proud of is I I have the moms and dads text literally nonstop between Monday and Friday and say, my daughter's been talking about that session for three days. My daughter has been smiling, you know, because we're out there. It's not opposed. You know, if you make a mistake, listen, make 10 mistakes, make 10 really fast mistakes. And when the 11th time you hit it, boom, you know, Mm -hmm. and and now we keep moving and now we keep going. And so we want the girls to be smiling and to be proud and to be happy and to have that confidence. And then we come into our Friday session, we really start kind of sharpening them up for the weekend, encouraging them and pumping them up. And unfortunately, when I'm over at these, these games, a lot of times, man, the sidelines are tough sidelines are rough like they're getting beat down a lot right so they don't need any negativity from me they need positive reinforcement they need self-confidence when a girl has self-confidence self-belief she's unstoppable and uh, that's the thing that i believe is missing and so it's what we try to add 
on the Athenians next program. And it, it, you know, it's just, it's credit to the parents. It's credit to those players. Those players are elite. You know, we do have to hold the bar very high for this particular program because these are higher level things. And I'll tell you one, uh, you know, my girl Brooke Hansen, who's a, a, who's an Athenians veteran. She played here at incarnate word, awesome player. She and some of the veterans started coming out to a few of the Athenians next practices and they were able to jump in. And one, they were like, wow, this is amazing. These girls are so advanced. They're so much farther ahead than we were at this age, but then they're able to mentor them and talk to them. Right. And then the crazy part was uh, she jumped into a striker session and we worked on bending a ball, right? And the actual teaching of the technique of bending a ball. What does your approach look like? Where are you striking exactly on the ball? Being very intentional about all these things. And afterward, Brooke is bending these balls in the corner and everything. I'm like, man, I didn't realize you you did that. She said, no one's ever taught me that before. No one's even told me that. I'm 23, 24, whatever. I played college soccer. Nobody has walked me through this. And so we're trying to provide for these younger girls just an awesome resource that, you know, if they're willing and they're able to really just jump into it, that it's awesome. And then we've kept the costs really, really low to uh, make sure that, uh, you know, it it doesn't price anybody out. So it's a, it's a program that we're really proud of. Awesome. Great stuff. What, what would you say? So we will start looking forward here, right? As we start segueing coach, the you've heard on a little bit in terms of just women's soccer in general here in South Texas, maybe, but, um, one of the things about Athenians, it's what's really kind of made it a national brand, as you said, is just the culture that uh, the brand and the culture that they've been able to implement since really since day one. But obviously things are evolving now and what you're doing there. Um, the future, what does the future of the club look like, whether as it relates to, to the league or just the, the club in general? Kind of give us a brief look into that as to in terms of what you can share and what you know. Sure. What does that look like as it relates to? the future development of play of student athletes of players here in the South Texas San Antonio area. Okay. Uh, I'll tackle it a couple different ways. It, it, there is a lot of, uh, there's a lot of ambiguity. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of different things going on that you just can't predict in the future. Obviously, you know, COVID and all the things that have come up in the past and everything. But what we can tell you is, you know, over at Soccer Central, we've got a 10 million plus dollar facility that's being built. The uh, the main building is uh, is uh, scheduled to be finished by the end of the year. We have lots of different facilities that's going to be there. And and the idea, you know, this is even apart from Athenians, is that this is going to just be an absolute playground for anyone who loves soccer. You know, we have street soccer. We're going to have beach soccer. We have roofs soccer, futsal. We have the 11 v 11 fields. We're going to have fields dedicated to finishing and technical training and just a lot of different things there. And so really from a standpoint, you know, soccer central is kind of the big bubble and Athenians is this like bubble that comes out of it. And so for the the Athenian side of it, we want it to be this kind of three branch, three prong attack, youth soccer, the youth age players, our college players where we continue to try to, you know, build our residential, but also build our partnerships with all of these colleges here that are, that are local. And then our post-college ones, whether it's, they're just staying local, they've got their career, they've got their degree, but they want to keep training. They want to keep playing. They want to be a mentor. They want to be in the community. And then for those who want to play pro, there's a lot of pro opportunities going on right now. And we're trying to build those pathways. We're trying to build those platforms uh, to be able to move forward. And so Athenians themselves, you know, that's a three-pronged approach. As long as I'm the technical 
director. And as long as I'm there, that's uh, that's the way we want to attack it. Uh, I do know that there's a lot of talk uh, as the professional women's soccer is continuing to develop. UWS is going to have uh, some expansion coming up really soon, but there's going to be a second and a third tier in women's soccer that's going to be fully professional. It's not going to be semi-pro. It's not going to be a pro-am. It's not going to be a two or three month out of the season thing. It's going to be a 10, 11 month out of the season, uh, 11 month out of the year season. And so we're kind of positioning ourselves right now with, uh, you know, to kind of decide, okay, you know, if we want to take this fully professional, what is that going to look like? What what are the resources that we need, the sponsorships, the partnerships, uh, you know, all of those things. And so really I, uh, I'm excited about the future, uh, whether it continues to be semi-pro, whether it continues to be the summer program and yet having other programs built out of it, or whether it's taking the franchise professional and continuing to grow, you know, these are a lot of different things. It's great time to be in women's soccer, but we can't lose sight of the fact that it's the players that, that that we're here to serve. And it's the players that we have to put first, these families, these players, and to really train them. And obviously everyone can train soccer and there's lots of good soccer coaches out there. I've got a few uh, that, that are dear friends of mine that I would, uh, again, you know, I don't let Ella get trained too often by too many coaches, but there's a few here that, that if they told me they had a session and they were available, I'd drop everything and I would drive my daughter to go train. And I want that to be what Soccer Central is, right? Soccer Central for the family, for the athlete that wants to improve. And again, this isn't just for elite athletes, of course, and it's not just going to be a particular age. Uh, you know, we're trying to develop this year. You know, I'm hoping to have an Athenians, we call it Futuro in the uh, meetings, and that would be for the younger age group. So basically the 77s and the 99s, the girls that are in academy, those are a little tougher to have partnerships with the clubs as well, because they're very protective of, uh, of their numbers and their people. But, uh, you know, we want Soccer Central to position itself to be this place where you you can send your athlete and know they're well taken care of. And not only are we going to be talking about soccer and not only are we going to be looking at the physical aspects that are a lot of times negated or ignored, we're also going to be talking about the mental aspects as well, the mental health and, you know, teaching them recovery, teaching them nutrition, teaching them all the other different facets, you know, really in South Texas, there's this one facet of just soccer specific stuff, right? Just team specific stuff. And there's so many things that fall by the wayside and the parents need somebody to partner with, to come alongside and say, Hey, help me raise this child. Help me raise this athlete. Help me develop a great citizen. Help me develop someone who is brave enough to advocate for themselves, right? Who knows their body, who wants to recover, who's the one that suggests, hey, instead of eating the fried food there that you're suggesting there, mom or dad, you know, I have $200 cleats. Maybe I had to eat a little bit better fuel as well. And so, you know, we're trying to develop these things here. And so it's a, it's an exciting time to be at Soccer Central. It's an exciting time to be in women's soccer and to really have this kind of national brand and this platform really allows us to do a lot more things than maybe uh, other people that are well-meaning as well can. All right. Awesome. A lot of great stuff there. Thank you for that, Coach. So, all right. We know you're going to stay with us for our next segment, Counterattack. We'll get to bring you back, pick on you for a little bit, throw some random off-the-wall stuff at you. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. College Promoters USA, founded and located in San Antonio, operates as the only family-owned college recruiting company in Texas that brings a truly professional, local, and face-to-face approach to area high school student-athletes and their families. As the lead sponsor and proud supporter of the 5050 Podcast, alongside Coach Hector Cano, College Promoters is proud to be elevating its support for the college soccer recruiting process more than any other service in the country. 
If your son or daughter is serious about competing in college soccer, call College Promoters USA directly at 210-494-6363 or visit collegepromotersusa.com anytime. College Promoters USA, the best investment a parent can make in their high school student-athlete. All right, and we're back with Coach Leland Hemmins, Technical Director of the San Antonio Athenian Soccer Club. They are headed to Ludlow, Massachusetts to play in the United Women's Soccer League National Championships this weekend, playing on Saturday versus, uh, Get the, did I get that right, Coach? The Chicago Mustangs, correct? That's right. All right, awesome. So we're back. It's time for some counterattack. We get to pick on you a little bit. You ready to dive in? Oh, I'm ready. All right. Okay. So again, all of these apply. All of these apply now as a coach, right? Not as not not as when you were back in your playing days. So okay. Okay. Uh, all right. So okay. First one. Any game day? I always ask this of coaches. Any game day superstitions or rituals? You know, I always have a bucket. That's a famous uh, thing that most people know about me. I carry a bucket around everywhere I go. It's an old school baseball coach thing uh, that I did a long time ago. The bucket can have anything in it. It can have food and snacks. It can have equipment. It can have other gear. It can have everything. And it's very, very fun to kick when frustrated. Uh, so I have, uh, I do, I do like having the, uh, the bucket around. So that's kind of my superstition. Uh, you know, when I was a very, very young coach, uh, my mentor coach, uh, he was just, he had all kinds of different ones, but one he had that I picked up on whenever I coach basketball, whenever I coach any of the other sports, I fancy myself as a coach, not necessarily a soccer coach, but just a coach in general. I never watch warmups. I never watch my team warm up. I've already prepared them. They're already ready to go. They go out there. They've already learned all those things. I just turn and stare and watch the other team. I just stare a whole end of the team, not as an intimidation factor, but I'm just there to watch. I just stand at midcourt, midfield, anything else. And so, you know what? I just carry my bucket. My bucket's going to be sitting there regardless of the sport. That's what I'll sit on during the game. And again, I don't, I don't pay attention to to my own uh, to my own warmups. I always watch the other squads warmups and they can tell you a lot about a team, a lot about a coach, a lot about players in particular and everything. And and soccer is this kind of like circular deal, right? Where you may have those players someday. You may meet that coach one day. You may have, you may cross paths again in other ones. And so I'm really interested in the story that players and coaches tell by the way that they conduct themselves. And so if somebody watches my team warm up, I hope they go, wow, that is a disciplined machine that's ready to go. Look at them. I mean, my defenders are doing one thing. My midfielders are doing another thing. My strikers are doing something else. My midfielders or my wingers are out there doing it. And if they're doing it right, we've told the story that we're prepared, we're ready to go, and we're ready to win this match. Awesome. So are we taking said bucket with us to uh, Massachusetts? Are we buying it an airline ticket? It's flying. It's sitting right next to you. What's going on there? Leland Hammonds never checks a bag. I doesn't matter the length. I will rewash, rewear anything. I have one backpack and I'll have one carry on one duffel. And as soon as I get there, I'm going to Google. I've never been to the East Coast, really. I'm just going to Google Boston, Massachusetts, whatever academy, and try to find some sporting goods store. And the first trip from the airport will be, I'm going to pick out a fancy bucket just for this particular occasion. All right. Awesome. It's got to be serious. You went third person on us. So oh, there you go. It's got to be serious. All right. Next one. Last song you downloaded. 
last song I downloaded. Ooh, I need to look at it here. It's always old school. It's 90s. It's early 2000s hip hop. It's, we're always going there and everything. But honestly, do you think I know how to download things? My daughter helps me. My son helps me. I don't yeah, download I guess anything. Last, I last song someone downloaded for you. No, my phone that. knows me very well and everything. I'm really thinking that my phone's trying to take over my life. And so if I just looked at my phone there and everything, I do believe uh, we still got some Mike Jones up in here. So I'm going to go with that. Uh, oh, nice. Mike Jones. Mike Jones. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. Uh, most recent movie you watched? Oh, let's see here. Uh, Northman. Uh, I watch everything Viking related. 13th Warrior is my favorite movie uh, of all time. I've watched every TV show, basically everything of the last 30 years, whether it's subtitles coming from Scandinavia, Norway, Sweden, or if they're saying, you know, they're, you know, American based ones. Uh, I'm always there. I was disappointed in that particular movie. I was irritated, but a bad Viking movie is better than a good rom-com any day of the week. And so I'll take that all day long. But yeah, North Man was the last one. So is that an actual movie? That's that wasn't a series, or am I thinking of something? Yeah, there is a series I, I, Vikings as well. I know Vikings about that. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know about those, but I I don't know for some reason I thought Northman was an actual like a special like a Apple Plus on um, Apple Plus or uh, Apple TV series or mini series or something. Well, I'm, I'm notorious for butchering every name of everything, so I'm hoping Northman's correct. But either way, it's a yeah. it was actually taken from actual text, and so they tried to really kind of stick to it, and so it's actually not nearly mm. as exciting as I was kind of hoping for, you know, I need four or five yeah. really awesome bloody battles. And uh, this was just uh, a lot of other things, but yeah, still awesome. 13th warrior though, criminally underrated Antonio Banderas performance. But anyway, yeah, it's, it's been a long time since I've seen that one coach a long time, but yeah, I know, I know which one you're talking about. So, all right. Superpower invisible or mind reader. Hmm. Hmm. Mind reader, uh, you know, my, my, my mentors always, uh, they preach body language, right? And so I'm already reading minds, right? And I'll be wrong, but I'm watching body language. I'm watching, uh, you know, it, to me, I think that is one of my strong suits as a coach is, uh, is trying to build camaraderie, trying to build buy-in. Uh, my teams usually have a lot of chemistry. My parents have a lot of chemistry. I work really hard on that. I ask them to, I ask my parents to model the same camaraderie that we want the girls to model, right? And so I'm constantly watching, you know, even on Zoom, we had parent Zoom meeting last, you know, when we were in the pandemic and I'm watching every square and, you know, if somebody rolls an eye, if somebody just sighs, if somebody turns a head a little bit and everything, my OD, you know, I'm just kind of like about it. So I would love, absolutely love to be able to actually read minds because I always believe I'm reading minds now. I'm reading yours now. I'm probably wrong as well, but you know, to actually have the data and the true facts, that would be, uh, be tremendous. Yeah. Well, you'd be spinning in your wheels, a whole lot going on up here. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> so, all right. So next one, um, this one I ask of all coaches as well. All right. So you are appointed. You're the, uh, so you gotta, it's gotta be one though. It's gotta be one. All right. So you're appointed the soccer czar in America. You are in charge. Leland Hammonds is in charge of all of soccer in America effective today. What is agenda item? Number one, first change you would make in soccer in America tomorrow. Only one first one. You can only make one. The very you know, I, knew, I knew that I knew you asked this question and I had a feeling it was coming up and, you know, oh man, to decide one and so many of them are just, you know, they're just little things, right? Little things that I like, little things that I would be like, you know, and, and again, behind the scenes kind of stuff as well. Uh, I, I would say this, I would say 
uh, in all seriousness, this probably might be considered a lame question, but, you know, we really have to make everything more accessible, right? You know, obviously, you know, in the MLS next or, you know, these MLS teams that have academies and they can do their things for free, uh, you know, everything needs to be for free. We need to start finding, particularly on the girls' side, but the guys as well, the best athletes, the best players, the ones with the best families, the ones with the best attitudes that are the most hungry and the most coachable, not the best ones that can afford 10K a year, that can afford to pay all of these fees and get on these uniforms. And really youth, the youth is where it's at. The youth is obviously where the future is going to be. And to be able to go in and just say, you know what, we have got to cut this out. We've got to not make this so elite when it comes to socioeconomic standings of the families that can afford to play national, can afford to be ECNL and GA and all of these things. You know, we have to figure out a model to where everyone has that accessibility and you know we got to find partners we got to find sponsors we got to find people who believe in it and there's so many i mean who says they don't like kids who says they don't like you know women's equality who's going to be put getting on those uh those uh boards in 2022 no we have a lot of people who believe in these things can we find them and can we find realistic ways to bring these costs down, these barriers of entry, and we can find anyone. It's the greatest game on earth. And I love a lot of other sports and I coach a lot of other sports, but I have to be honest, like coaching a soccer practice versus coaching, let's say a fast pitch softball, that's checkers and chess. It's so much more complicated. It's such a beautiful (laughs) sport and a hundred people can watch the soccer game and see a hundred different things. When you go to a baseball game, you see one thing and I love baseball and I'm like, I love these sports, but soccer is the greatest sport the hardest sport it's the most noble profession the most noble sport to play in my opinion but the pricing out of everyone is just an absolute backbreaker and so that would definitely be and and again you know i'm not the czar no one will ever claim that they will they'll probably call me a lot of names that we can't repeat on the show but I'm trying to do it in my little sphere and in my little circle and i'm really looking for people to partner with us as well and to be able to find a way to do it Awesome. Keep preaching. Well said. Perfectly said. All right. Next one on a, so you got to be objective. You got to be brutally honest here all right, with yourself. So scale of one to 10, one is you're super awful. You're the worst. A 10 being you are the standard. How, how good or bad of a driver are you? Well, listen, Got to 11 uh, it, it's 11 for sure it's a, there's no doubt if you've ever seen me if you've ever seen me in a vehicle uh you know many people have asked you know have you done the the 23 and me or whatever it's called have you done ancestry.com certainly you come from a long line of our Earnhardt's, a long line of stewarts and gordons and honestly you know i just i i see things i don't know if you know about like a beautiful mind and how they kind of see things going stuff like that when i'm in a vehicle i just see <laughs> gaps i see holes i can be attacking i can be an offensive driver and a defensive of driver at the same time i can put an escalade in a spot that you don't think you could put a yeti like you know cooler right i can slide it in there and everything i'm being as humble as possible here but honestly i've never met somebody with the driving skills that i possess i trying to be again trying to be as humble as possible uh you know if you see me on the road though you know i definitely would watch out <laughs> all right 11 all right i was i was i set it up for you coach i was waiting for you to go third person on me again oh all man right. I'll, I'll get back on that all right, next one. So in three words, all right, only three. I can only give you three. Okay, you can't give me an 11 when I gave you a 10. All right, so <laughs> why why did you become a coach? Three words. Matt Houston. How's that? Okay. 
So that was that that was and again now that I can now that I can expand a little bit. He was, you know, I I was an athlete. I went to private school. Uh, A lot of these things that I'm very uh, passionate about, sensitive to and everything was because I lived them. Right. You know, I was in the 80s. I was an athlete in the 80s. A lot of people uh, thought I was a pretty good athlete. But, you know, I was at a private school. And so a private school in San Antonio, uh, Gateway Christian, shout out Gateway Christian, shout out uh, Lackland Air Force Base, shout out all the five, five palms, Valley High. Let's go. So, uh you know, I look at it and I had all these coaches, you know, I had, and, and again, all my coaches were teachers and volunteers and military men. A lot of them were from Lackland Air Force Base and they did teach particular things. None of them, none of them, my actual sport, none of them actual technique, but they learned, they, they taught me so many life lessons in my right. senior year. Uh, they brought in a coach who uh, really did no coaching, did no motivation, did no technique, did no uh, strategy and tactics and everything. And it really just, it just changed my life. It changed the trajectory of my life. You know, I already think I was leaning towards something physical, something athletic, something, you know, personal training and, and coaching and teaching and things like that. But this set me on a path that I never deviated from. I mean, my senior, my high school senior year, I remember it uh, very, very vividly. Uh, I can forget things that happened last week. I can forget something that happened this morning, but I don't forget anything about that basketball season, uh, that 1996 gateway Christian season. Uh, you know, it just really, it really changed my life. And and those other mentors and those other coaches and everything, they all put something in there as well. And this one put it over the top. And, you know, when, when, when I get tired, when I get frustrated, uh, you know, when I want to stop, uh, you know, when I want to want to give up, when I have had a frustrating meeting, when I've had a, a frustrating encounter with perhaps another coach or, you know, things like that, uh, you know, this, my life, I really want to be this kind of like living testimony that for all those people that poured their lives, their time of their lives into me. And, uh, you know, I just want to be, I want to reflect it there. So, you know, I, again, I think it was probably 50, 50, if I would have done the same way, uh, for the 50, 55, of course, there you but, go. Uh, I love it. I love but it. When, when Matt Houston came in and, and was my coach, my senior year that, uh, that set, uh, all these things in motion that still are uh, happening today. Awesome. Well, you know, as a, as a retired veteran and also a current active private school coach, uh, I'd love to hear that. That's great stuff, coach. Thank you for that. So, all right. Hidden talent. Anything besides your driving skills, obviously, any hidden talents that maybe very few people know about you? Uh, you know, I'm very good at math. It's really dorky. I hate it. Numbers just really sit in my head really, really well. I can still remember statistics from the 1980s. I can uh, watch something. I can tell you at halftime how many penetrating passes this U11 team made, even though I'm only there just to cheer for a nephew or watch it like the numbers just kind of stick in my head, doing math in my head, you know, long division, multiplication, all those kinds of things. I mean, I, I try to, I, I mess up every once in a while just so nobody catches on and everything. Oh, so, so sorry. I'm bad at math and everything. Just such a dorky really uh, embarrassing skill to have and everything but it does uh, does soothe me i do like it i'm always pumped up about it i love to i love to read i mean tonight i'll i'll probably be watching a random soccer game in some random league and i'll start researching it and i like to see those numbers and those numbers kind of uh settle me down a little bit gives me a little bit of a uh, little bit of calm in a uh, crazy world right awesome great stuff nothing wrong with that those kind of skills for sure so all right another superpower question here the ability to speak every language or talk to animals. Oh, talk to animals. And really like, I don't even like speaking my language and I wish nobody, you know, I wish I didn't have to interact with all these different people. I'm really an introverted heart. You know, the beard is uh, Ted Kaczynski like and everything, but there could be a Unabomber <laughs> shed in my, in my uh, future one day. If I just fall off the grid, Hector, and you can't find me anymore, just know I'm doing fine somewhere, but I, I'm, right. I'm looking for ways to not communicate. And I do love animals. I mean, we watch animal shows. My son, my younger son loves animals. And he's just had, that's been his thing. You know, my daughter, my daughter's sports and then my 
son, he likes animals. And so we have been to every wildlife zoo. We do the drive through ones where they come and bang into the Escalade. Again, the driving skills uh, really help out in these uh, situations when I'm dodging bulls and things. It's like really tough. But I mean, these animals and now with the way the social media is and the way people record these things, you could find something amazing to do having to do with animals every single day, you know, my phone's algorithm, they go, Oh, you clicked on that, you know, that bull coming over and flipping over the tortoise that was on its shell. Oh, if you like that, you're going to like this. And so now my phone pretty much only sends me soccer or animal uh, videos. So to be able to communicate with animals and everything would be, uh, be really, really cool. Awesome. Great stuff. All right. Yeah. Remind me, I'll I'll know to look for you in Montana because remind me, I'll, uh, I'll share with you a Ted Kaczynski story offline. Oh, so, I cannot yeah, wait. Interesting one. Yeah. So, uh, all right. Last one, coach. So this one's a little bit more reflective in nature, but maybe one, perhaps your biggest takeaway, your your personal biggest lesson learned um, from the pandemic when you look back on it. I mean, obviously we're still, if you will, transitioning through sure. it, but um, at the peak, uh, maybe the biggest lesson learned from it. You know, and I'm sure others have been a lot more eloquent about these things than me. But really, you know, the things that that that, that I find frustrating, the things that I find uh, irritating. A lot of times, people say, you know, I'm only happy when I'm unhappy and everything. And that's probably true. It's a contrarian lifestyle. But the things that that really can kind of weigh you down and upset your mood and everything, when you have something like that happen, and when you're going to be when you when you're now you're you're stuck at home, right? And you're not going out and you're not doing these things or whatever. You just realize how how menial those things are and how inconsequential they were. And, you know, we already all knew this, but, you know, you, you invest in people and, you know, people are the things that, that, that last and, you know, your legacies and all these different kinds of things, you know, we can get caught up in wanting to watch this and do this and scroll on our phone and, and all the things that kind of happen on the day to day, but honestly being able to step back, take a breath and, reflect on your blessings, but also the people around you, the people that have lifted you up, the people who have made you who you are. And then also to step back and say, you know, who do I want to be and who do I want my kids to be? You know, that my kids are a reflection of me as well. And to have that opportunity and have that time to where we, you know, we're locked in the house, no, not even live sporting events. I mean, that's the only thing that goes on really at our house, the only things that we ever watch. And so we built new traditions with the family. We built new, new, uh, new opportunities. And uh, it was, it was really a, uh, it was life-changing it really was life-changing for me because i was always on the go i was always out you know i was i, I love to i love to teach i love to train i love to coach i love to do that and to have to be forced to be introspective to be forced to take your time to force to sit back and really think about the things that matter think about the things that uh that you want to focus on who you want to be coming out of the pandemic the things that you want to focus on those were it was really important because without it i would have never done it i don't i don't slow down i'm not i'm not the person that uh that thinks very deeply and thinks you know into the future and makes these plans but uh you know this was you know to take a little bit of lemonade out of those lemons it was really important. And then you realize, you know what, uh, you know, I miss these people, right? The first thing that we did when we came out was we went to a, a baby shower. And if anyone knows me, I don't go to baby showers. I don't go to weddings. I don't go to anything. I'm a stickler. You know, if you know Larry David from Curb Your Enthusiasm, I'd like, that's how I model my existence from. And so, uh, you know, I went and I wanted to go. I was excited to go. I hadn't seen these people in like two years almost. And 
it was an incredible time. It was my wife's side of the family too and everything. So it was an incredible time. We had so much fun. And I just realized, man, am I always a jerk at these things? You know, if I do come, am I really that, you know, have I not been really realizing, am I the drama? Am I the problem? And to now, you know, now I'm going to these things, right? You know, this is things that I wouldn't have done without it. I would have continued to say, now you guys go without me, let my kids and my wife go to things. And, you know, I'm just now oh, dad needs a space, dad needs this and that. And that kind of stuff's baloney. You know, we don't need to be doing that. And, uh, you know, to spend those times and just know that, you know, we're not guaranteed anything. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. And uh, to live in the moment a lot more was a really hard lesson, but uh, it was one that uh, that I'm going to try to take with me for a long time. Absolutely. That's awesome. Great stuff. Yeah. So, so well said. I think that applies to a lot of us, coach, for sure. So awesome. This has been great. Uh, great stuff, coach. Thank you again for being here. Obviously, uh, we had been discussing about for a while now, trying to get you on the podcast and couldn't think of a better time as you all prepare for the uh, national championships up in Massachusetts, best of luck versus Chicago Mustangs. But before we go, you know, as customary, one of the things that we like to do is we like to wrap up kind of on a kind of a final thought, you know, or what, what, or a thank you, a shout out, whatever, but final thought, something that you'd like to share. And as our guest coach, you go, we uh, would like for you to go ahead and go first. Well, I appreciate that. And Hector, thank you for allowing me to be on. Uh, I've been on things before and I always wing it. I have, you should see the, the notes, the talking points, everything. Like I really was excited and I'm excited to be on here and I appreciate the platform because I appreciate that, that you have a, a similar mission and similar, similar vision and a heart for the parents, a heart for the players. And again, a lot of times they get left out of the equation and I really appreciate what you do. So I appreciate the time and you allowing me to be on uh, this part of it's not going to be rehearsed. Uh, you know, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer or anything, but uh, kind of piggybacking off the last question, uh, you know, I lost a friend of mine a week and a half ago, uh, you know, Jesus and I uh, had a lot of had shared a lot of time together. The first time we met was uh, about ten years ago. I saw his daughter uh, played in a in a session with my daughter, and uh, you know, ten years ago seems like not that long ago, but you know we weren't really even texting, right? Nobody, like lots of people didn't have iPhones yet and the, all these things. And yet I saw his daughter play and I called my wife with, from my new cell phone and said, this girl is unbelievable. This girl is going to be unstoppable. She's going to do great things. And, and I struck up a friendship uh, with Jesus and uh, I got to be blessed to be me as coach for a long time. Uh, you know, we've had lots of great conversations. Uh, he's, you know, he's the model that I believe a soccer parent or a sport parent should be. He's very demanding, you know, but he's also got mercy. He had all of these different aspects and everything. And I learned a lot from him. And, you know, it's hard the way I live my life. I don't have a lot of adult friends. Uh, you know, I, I live without compromise. You know, I try to stick to my stick to my guns. I don't mind if people on the outside or the peripheral aren't happy with something that I've said or done. If I believe it's right, if I believe it's true, I do it. But it's kind of a lonely existence. And I've got to say that, uh, you know, he's one of my best friends. Uh, you know, he's he, he was generous. Uh, you know, I don't, you know, I don't, generosity doesn't come natural to me, but I learned it from Jesus, you know, uh, you know, discipline, uh, you know, having, having mercy, you know, being able to watch, you know, when, when he needed to contact me and say, Hey, I think you're missing the boat here. He did it. And we had hard conversations, even though, you know, we had this friendship and, uh, there were other times where he could tell that I was wearing down, that I was, uh, you know, the, the way things were going and he would, would, would encourage me. He'd come along there, but the generosity part of things, he didn't want it just for his daughter. He wanted it for all of these families. He had the means to help and he always did it and really he changed my life and you know it's uh you know cancer sucks uh you know you know gone way too soon but you know i have to say you know 
but my life is so much better having met him, having been able to, you know, witness him as a dad, as a, as a, as a husband, as a soccer parent and as all these things. And so, you know, as, as the end was coming near, we shared a few, uh, a few text messages that are very dear to me and, uh, you know, the things that, that he and I talked about, and I really do believe that he's, he's watching right now. And we, you know, we're going to be down right. here on earth. Right. We're going to be, uh, you know, we're going to be continuing to, uh, to fight that good fight and to, uh, to, uh, you know, just those lessons that were learned. And again, this is in a, this is a rehearsal. I don't want to get emotional about it, but, uh, you know, it was really, uh, it was really important. I really feel like people come into your lives for a reason. And just like Matt Houston, that I talked about earlier, you know, changed my life as a coach. I really think as a father and, uh, you know, as just as a, as a human, and as a person, the, uh, the weaknesses that I had, uh, were strengthened because I knew Jesus. So, you know, I just want to say rest in peace, Jesus. And uh, just remind everybody, you know, hug those kids, uh, you know, mm -hmm. thank those coaches, thank those teachers. We're all getting ready to go back to school and everything. You're going to get frustrated. You're going to get irritated. You're going to get aggravated and that's natural, but know that all these uh, people are human. They're doing their best. And, uh, you know, they've chosen a really noble profession. So uh, lift them up and pump them up. Yeah. So well said, beautifully said. And obviously, uh, definitely sorry for your loss, coach. Uh, but I appreciate you kind of being vulnerable with us and sharing that with us. That's awesome stuff. So thank you for that. Obviously, thoughts go out to uh, to you and to his family as well. Uh, but thank you for sharing that. And uh, also on, on a brighter note, on a lighter note, I guess you could say, uh, I'm uh I'm humbled by all the notes you took for our <laughs> in prepping for our show. Here you were taking some legitimate notes, and instead you're over here being asked about uh, being able to talk to animals, right? So <laughs> we we keep it very basic. <laughs> That's uh, now it's been great. Uh, thank you for thank you for all of that. Um, and uh, kind of on a on a somewhat related topic, my you know my final thought, what I really wanted to share, keep it keep it relatively simple. I've been banging the drum on this all summer in terms of as it relates to just in general for all of our people, but especially so whether you're an administrator, whether you're a coach, uh, paying attention to the mental health of our student athletes. But I haven't, rarely have I actually addressed the student athletes. And, you know, our, our PSAs, our prospective student athletes, doesn't matter, you know, or even if you're a former athlete, right? doesn't matter. I think the big thing, but for our current prospective student athletes that are in high school, they're going through that recruiting process important to enjoy these last couple of weeks of summer make sure you're taking the time because what's happening if you go to social media right you're seeing the id camp pictures you're seeing the performance training maybe they're working they're actually working to help you know support family possibly or maybe they're volunteering uh and then of course you also see the vacation and that's really what i want to talk to is take the time to uh you know i call it the four r's make sure you're take the time to rest relax reset and renew so this way, when you come back, obviously in a couple of weeks, in a couple, in, in a month, what have you, obviously clubs will get going again soon, uh, that it's, you come back renewed, ready, refreshed, a whole, you know, a, a whole new spirit about yourself, ready to go and hit the grind again. So, um, but coach is very important to be paying attention to that. But this message was particularly for student athletes. So again, just wanted to share that, uh, coach, this has been awesome. Uh, sincerely appreciate you and give us for our listeners, give us one last plug as to when you'll be playing versus who and where can they actually, for those that obviously won't be able to travel, where can they watch the match? 
Sure. Uh, 11 sports is where our games will be. There's actually going to be things on 11 sports and the UWS weekly and UWS websites all week long. Right now, I'm sure my goalie, uh, Mia, is actually doing a much more fantastic job on her uh, her performance. And so she's a hoot. She's a riot. She's fantastic. Uh, Ashley Newland, I know, is going to be coming on really soon. We've got some really well-spoken, great girls. They're not just great soccer players. They're great citizens. They're great humanitarians. They're awesome with the community. They love San Antonio. The transplant San Antonians have adopted it all. They're wearing the purple sombrero. They're getting after it. They love it. And then our San Antonians, you know that they know what time it is. And so you know, we're really proud of it. We play Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 o'clock our time versus Chicago Mustangs. That's the uh, national semifinals. And if we're fortunate enough to get through, we'll play in the national championship game Sunday at uh, 2 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. our time. Those will all be on 11 sports. But, you know, another shout out to the San Antonio Athenians uh, social media. Uh, Ryan does an incredible job. You know, the guy that, that's working with our stuff right now, he's going to be in the MLS. He might be at Barcelona. He might, he's going to be somewhere someday soon. He's a graduate, recent nice. graduate from Trinity university. And he does an incredible awesome. job getting the word out to, uh, to our people. So if you really want to know anything, Athenians get on IG, get on Twitter. They do an awesome, incredible job there. And honestly, reach out, you know, if you're, and again, guys as well, but for the girls, young athletes, soccer players, San Antonio Athenians are here for you. We want you to come out. We want you to train. We want you to participate. We want you to be a part. We want you to get to know the girls and just be a part of our program, be a part of our family. And we want to enhance your ability to go out to wherever your club, wherever your high school, St. Mary's Hall included, and go out there and dominate on a soccer field in San Antonio near us. Awesome. Well said. Well said. Thank you, Coach. Thank you again for everything. And again, 11 Sports, they could, I'm assuming, just Google it or 11sports.com. Yeah, on that spelled or, out. Yeah. So 11, yeah, 11sports.com. That's the streaming site. But uh, if you go to UWS, UWS and UWS Weekly, everything's going on. There's a uh, there's one going on right now uh, that's uh, that Mia's talking on, and it's going to be the other three teams as well. Get to know all of these athletes. You're going to see them again someday. You're going to see a lot of these Athenians, and that's why I try to get people to come out to the games. You can literally sit three feet from someone who's going to be playing in Spain uh, in August. Uh, you know, uh, last year, Izzy played with us and she signed with the NWSL. She's playing under the racing Louisville. Like you get to be so close nowhere in San Antonio. I don't know if there's anywhere in the country that you can just rub shoulders with, take pictures with and be around girls that we know are going to be playing on the world stage soon. And so, yeah, come support, come watch, uh, you know, celebrate. And uh, like I said, you would be supporting some of the best girls that I know. So, uh, yeah, it's been pretty cool, man. Thanks for the time. Yeah. And you're not lying. You know, my daughter and I, we got to experience it in your final match of the regular season. I know you and I talked about it afterwards, but yeah, it's, it's a great time. It's a, it's a great environment. Uh, just obviously had to deal with the uh, Texas heat for a little while, but other than that, it was, it was perfect. So uh, thank you again, coach. Thank you to all our listeners. Again, you know where you can find us. You can find us both on uh, on Twitter at 50, at 50 underscore 50 pod and Instagram at 50 underscore 50 podcast. You can find us on all social media or I'm sorry, you can find us on all podcast platforms as well. All right. So thank you again. Go to our YouTube page as well. Make sure you uh, subscribe and uh, you know what to do until the next time. Keep downloading and keep listening. You've been listening to the 5050 podcast powered by College Promoters USA. Help us continue to grow by liking, rating, and subscribing on all major podcast platforms. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at 50 underscore 50 pod, on Instagram at 50 underscore 50 podcast, as well as on YouTube at the 50 underscore 50 podcast. Until the next time, keep downloading 